Welcome to Behind the Bedroom Door with Sarah. I'm Sarah Watson, your host, licensed professional counselor, certified sex therapist, and sex educator, lover of chocolate, coffee, and Lake Michigan sunsets. I'm a wife to a wonderful partner, a mama to an amazing little person, an entrepreneur, a friend, and the person you can count on to have a sample of lube in her bag for you just in case you need it. Thanks for joining me, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, it's Sarah. Welcome to Behind the Bedroom Door with Sarah. Today, we are chatting about communication. I have a guest with me today, Katie Fent. She is a CFLEP, which means she is a certified family life educator. And I'll have Katie tell us a little bit more about that. And we're going to jump in to discuss the communication aspect of relationships. So welcome, Katie. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to dive in and dig deeper in these two topics. Yay. So tell me a little bit about kind of your day to day and what being a certified family life educator is and what that's like. All right. So I graduated from Western Michigan University and I became certified through the National Council of Family Relations as a certified family life educator. In there, we focus on 10 content areas. There's going to be anywhere between families and individuals, internal dynamics of families, human growth and development, you have human sexuality, family resource management, family education and guidance. And so in for family life education, it's mainly just working with families and providing them with the education and the resources to be able to succeed as a family as a whole. Fantastic. How did you go down that path before we dive in? I'm curious. When I started at Western, I originally was going to do child life education and child life is along the same thing, but it only focuses obviously in adolescence and it's in the hospital setting. So you're, you're kind of, you're pinpointed only to one area, whereas for a family life educator, you're able to work with young children all the way up to grandparents. In my family, I've had situations where grandparents have taken over the custody Mm -hmm. of younger children. And that is very like prevalent in this day and age. And it's just being able to provide the resources, you know, being family centered and helping them go out, you know, receive that education because there is, you know, there's going to be a little bit of a gap between education and home, hospitals Mm -hmm. and home, obviously the juvenile system and home. And it's just, it's being able to be that middle person to help them find the resources that they need to succeed. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I think probably a lot of our listeners, or maybe not probably, but some of them are familiar with child life specialists. If you've had a kid in the hospital and knowing kind of those people come in and help you, you know, help your kid understand what's happening and what processes they're going to go through and procedures and such a great part of, you know, a children's hospital, but now to kind of wrap it up and you being the whole family, I think that's such an amazing thing to be doing and working on. So, yay. And so you taught, you're already touching on communication, knowing that that's a huge part of making a family succeed. Um, Yes. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, you know, I, uh, we were talking about the history of communication, kind of how we're imprinted. That's uh, how I describe it, how we were imprinted on, on to communicate with our partners. What's your history with that? So 
with my history. So I have been married for going on almost eight years and we have been together since we were about 14 or 15. So we're going on about 18 years. And I think that one is very, it's unique, but it's also, it's going to have its own struggles of going through different stages of life and different developmental stages. I mean, obviously now when, you know, listening to what you say about communication, it just the whole time, I'm just like, yes, that's exactly it. Because now we have three children and we also Mm. have three dogs and (laughs) trying to be able to communicate in a house with children and dogs. And then you have the stress of financial and Mm -hmm. home and health. it, It can be very tough. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we were talking too about how, you know, I like to tell people, try to find a space where you're not going to be distracted. And you just described like a super distracting scenario for you every day. And And I can't, I can't even believe, you know, like the times, because me and my husband, you know, we do, I go to therapy and he goes to therapy. And then every once in a while we go together. Mm -hmm. And I have realized that is huge because with the communication, not only do we want to make sure we have the right space, it's also the right time and Mm -hmm. making sure you're communicating in a way that they're going to understand you because both of us hear things, you know, not, not necessarily hear it differently, but we're on a different level. It's kind of like the love languages. It's trying to figure out how to communicate through those. I'm a words of affirmation person and an acts of service. Yeah. So when you add those two things in, about, you know, like when we're talking, it's really helpful. Yeah, no, absolutely. That makes so much sense. I love that you're both in therapy and you recognize how important that is. And, you know, if I could drive home anything is that therapy is for everybody, right? It's not like, it's not for just people who are in crisis. And it can be, if you're struggling with communication, then get in with someone who can help you with that and understanding the context, right? Like that's exactly what you were talking about. What, What needs to be in place so that you can have that meaningful conversation, whether it's specifically about sex or your kids or finances or, you know, even, you know, planning fun things and having meaningful time to talk about that rather than just assume. I find that people that have been together for a really long time make a lot of assumptions, myself included. I've been with my partner for 19 years this year. So, you know, it's so easy to be like, well, of course they think this. Yes. And, And then you check in with them and they're like, uh, absolutely not. So do well, you have, have you-, too, like, you know, when you have the communication, it can be so hard when you try to find the time to, cause when you talk about stuff with, when it comes to sex and intimacy and your desires and your wants and your needs after a long day for both, you know, working in the home or working outside the home, it can be so hard to get those thoughts out and they can come out in so many different ways. And mm-hmm. we were finding that it was coming out in a lot of kind of like silent anger, meaning Mm. like we just weren't connecting at all. We weren't like no physical touch, no communication verbally. And it, it really affected our marriage, you know, hugely. And I think that was a huge thing for going into therapy and learning kind of like what you're talking about, the communication and how it really something as small as communicating can create stuff so big. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. No, it's so, it's so true. Right. Like I love I love that that silent communication, right? It, so it's that tends to be also a little like passive aggressive, whether it's mm-hmm. intentional or not. I'm like, okay, I just don't have the capacity to talk about these things with you, but I want them, but I'm like not willing to be vulnerable. And it's like, then it creates this like cycle 
Yeah. You're both. Yeah. Oh, and it's so hard to get out of and then to recognize it. Were you the one to recognize it or was your partner the one? I think it was a little bit of both. Thankfully, and I want to say thankfully, but I, after having between my second and my third, they were about 15 months apart. Oh. I suffered some postpartum depression. And sure. during that time, we saw a therapist, maternal fetal medicine therapist mm-hmm. that's, you know, really focused in on moms and babies. And she was actually the one that kind of pointed it out to us on the communication part of, you know, it's not, you know, it's not just sex. It's not just do, you know, that physical act of it. There's so much more behind the scenes that we were realizing that was lacking. And so when she pointed that out to us, it opened the door to be able to talk more about everything, you know, under the sun. Yeah. I love, I I think that's, I keep saying that, but you're, it sounds like you two are doing a really good job of trying to figure it out. And sometimes we just need that third person, whether it's a therapist or a specialist or a doctor or even a friend, right? Yes. To say, uh, hey, what are you, what's going on there? Like I've mm-hmm. had that experience with my friends, um, a very good one, you know, that will watch my my husband and I communicate and be like, uh, you're being an asshole, you know, like check, check you, you know, like, I think that's really helpful. And then to be like, oh yeah, I was being a jerk or I was really being defensive or whatever. And to then apologize and then move forward. Right. And Mm -hmm. have those meaningful conversations. It's, uh, that's not easy to do. No, it is definitely not. (laughs) No. And I think you have a unique situation, right. Being together with someone since you were 14 years old, right. You're your brain doesn't fully develop till you're 25, exactly. right? So you're having this whole chunk. You have a 10 plus, you know, of developing yes. brains, uh, you know, time together and, and figuring that out. Such a unique situation. And, and knowing that you need assistance with that, I think that's amazing. And, and talking to people about it, it's really important. And I think it's good to, once you open that door to talk with somebody, like you said, whether it's a therapist or a friend or a doctor or somebody, it really that vulnerability has its chance just to kind of bloom in a way that you can, mm-hmm. you know, cause now when we talk, it, it kind of comes so much easier and mm. that silent, you know, passive aggressive, like that kind of stuff has kind of gone away for obviously for now, I'm sure, you know, there's going to be times that we might hit it again, but we've been able to really just kind of connect on that level of being able to talk to each other really in depth, which I think is very important. I think it's vital, right? Vital to long sustaining relationship, right? And it's vital to a ha- uh, you know a healthy sexual connection is that if you're mm-hmm. not able to show up and be vulnerable to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to completely tune into my erotic self and it's going to be this yes. amazing experience. <laughs> yes. No, that's not how it works, right? Like, it's just yeah. like, then you're kind of, and I think we've, I said it earlier in the episode, but, or a different one where you're just back, you know, having box checking sex, which is like, Sure, it might feel good for a minute or two, but it's not going to bring you that deep connection. I think that most of us at times are looking for, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not, sometimes it's right just about the pleasure, but really about that long-term connection that's going to sustain the relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So what do you think, you know, obviously you have a lot of us, you know, probably tools in your tool belt with communication, but what's the most difficult thing for you to recognize about your community, your own communication style? Um, for when it comes to communication in general or communication in in like an intimate setting? I think in general, and then also an intimate setting, because I'm assuming they're different. 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> so like in, in general, I'm, I probably am more open than, you know, my husband is. He likes to kind of sit on things and very quiet, which then leads to me, like with me being open, I just continue to talk and talk and talk. Mm. And then I assume, and then I continue to talk more, which leads to negativity and like it leads down a negative path. And so for me, the best thing that I found with communication is listening. And I always tell myself, wait, and it's, um, it stands for why am I talking? Because it just, it gives me a second to be like, no, Katie, don't just start, you know, gabbing away, listen to what's, you know, what's being said, sit with it for a second, repeat it back. Because when I do that, then it kind of opens the door for him to be like, okay, so she hears me, you know, it's not, I'm not attacking him. I'm not jumping down him, you know, assuming because maybe he's not, if he's not talking, I'm going to be like, oh, you're mad. Why are you mad? What's wrong? So it's easier to be, you know, kind of do that weight thing. And then once we get to that next level, it, he kind of opens up and then we kind of start flowing down, you know, the communication trail. I adore the weight acronym. I think that is, it's, it's a therapeutic tool. We're taught that and, and how to listen and to slow down. You know, mm-hmm. we live in a society of let's get, let's respond right away, right? These devices and just the general like fast paced of our world. And we're like, we, we need to respond. We need to respond. Yes. And I think it's interesting. You also are saying you don't know when to stop talking. I think just a few weeks ago, there was an article that came out that said data is showing us that humans don't know when to stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> So and I was like, yes, I, I mean, I think we all can get there, right? There, yeah. We're not taught to be okay with taking the time to reflect and respond in a meaningful way and actually digest what the other person says. It's almost like that's the whole point. Like you mm. can't sit in the silence. So you just have to keep, keep going, keep talking, um, keep moving. And then I just, that's where like, like the assumptions and the accusation, you know, can just start trickling down because you're not giving time to set and then let them respond. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So wait, that is amazing. Why am I talking? So that's a great reminder to everyone who is hanging with us on this podcast episode today to just put into your brain and make it part of your communication style. And to remember that that takes a wild to get used to, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're really modifying, if you're the talker who can't handle the silence, you know, it's going to take, it's probably not going to feel really comfortable right away, but totally doable and a learnable skill. Yes, definitely. Yay. Another thing we talked about in the episode obviously was just about kitchen sink conversations. And just curious if you've had that experience where you, you know, start a conversation or maybe a more intense topic with your partner, whether it's about sex or your kids or whatever. And then it kind of just goes to hell and everything comes out. And have you had experience with that before? Oh, yes. Probably way too many. <laughs> and I just, I think sometimes <laughs> in my, def- <laughs> in my <laughs> personal experience, I'm, I'm horrible at timing. So sometimes like, I'm like, okay, I really need to talk about this. Or maybe I come back from therapy and I have some things that it's a good thing, you know, to mention to him, to get, you know, be open with him about, but it's always, you know, just do one thing at a time, go slow and don't just spit fire everything out at once. Mm -hmm. And I think 
that all all of us can relate to that because you can it can be so easy to be like okay well I'm having this thought or this feeling about something and then I don't know if it's the nerves or if it's just us wanting to talk we just start throwing everything out there I have a bad I don't know if it's a bad trait or a bad habit of like if we want to talk about intimate stuff it's just maybe not the right time like he could come home from work and it's He's, you know, he hasn't had that time to like digest everything. And I'm like, oh, I read this and I saw this <laughs> about something. And he's just like, what are you talking about? You know, like yeah. he doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's something that I talk about often with a lot of people, right? Is just how do you, what's the right context? So what needs to happen around you? And this can be for communication and time to have sex and uh, time for connection like what is going around, what is happening around you and your surroundings and w- which is like what's going on. And then what is going on with your brain, right? Like what how I, do you what I, calm what I kinda, down? Yes. What I, what I, I laugh about a little bit is, you know, when you're a mom or a parent, so many things go through your head and it, it can be so easy to be like, okay, so you, you get the hormonal, you know, and the intimacy feeling and you kind of have that spark fly and you have that fire And then it's like, you hear something crash and you're like, okay, what just happened? What just fell? What just spilled? You know, what do I have to clean up? The dog barking, you know, where's the dog going? And it it can Mm -hmm. be so easy just to kind of be like, okay, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And then just kind of shut off completely. And I think that's kind of goes along the same line of communication and time and just Mm -hmm. the right time for things. Yeah. Yeah. So if you know, you've noticed with your partner that it's best for him to have a come down, like, and chill out from work, then, you know, you know, that him, you know, showing up right after work is not the time, right? So maybe it's in the morning before he goes, or maybe it's right before you go to bed or like, and what, how is that going to line up with what feels right for you? Yeah. You know, so that's absolutely an important thing to think about of when is it right? Because if it's not, then he's not going to hear you and vice versa. And you're not going to make that connection. And it's going to be missed. And then it turns into a disaster. Yeah. (laughs) And we don't want that. No. (laughs) (laughs) So what would you say is, so besides the weight acronym, what would you say is another tool that you have in your tool belt with communication? What do you, I guess when, when you say a tool for like how I communicate with him, Mm -hmm. I think it's knowing what I want mm. and what I like. And so it's under, it's knowing you, like you as your own person to be able to communicate effectively. I've, I've struggled that for a long time. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know any of that. So it's how do you communicate it if you don't know it? Um, so it's taking that time to understand yourself know yourself. So you can say like, it's kind of like the the timing, right? Mm -hmm. I can't be intimate towards the end of the night when everything is just completely chaotic. And, you know, the kids are trying to go to bed, the dogs are running around. And so telling him that it's nothing against him and that it's not, I mean, I'm not turned off or anything. It's just, I can't physically and mentally get in that mindset. Mm -hmm. And I found that knowing that being able to learn that about myself makes it easier to communicate what you want and when you want it and how you want it and all that kind of stuff. Yes. I, yes, yes. Sitting with what, what's going on with yourself is vital. I think to having a healthy sexual life, because if you can't, right, if you can't manage what's, 
happening around you. You don't have the capacity. So many of us don't have the capacity at the end of the night where you're just like, I'm exhausted. Like not the time to be tackling important subjects. So knowing yourself and making sure you can communicate that to your partner, whether it is about anything going on in your household or your relationship, I think is again, vital for a long sustaining relationship. So thanks. That's a really good reminder. And to sit with yourself And so I would highly recommend a journal, right? Or even like getting time to yourself, especially if you are a mom or a business owner and slow time doesn't really exist for you as to really carving that time out and just, okay, what do I want? What do I need? How am I feeling? Even if it's just, you know, a five minute check-in every day and being able to take stock of that and share that, I think is going to be really important. And all of this goes together, right? Like we're not talking specifically about sex, But if you don't have healthy communication, it's not going to happen, right? Like it's just not going to happen. So one thing that we do that kind of, I feel like helps us with our communication is not, we try to do like a daily brain dump in a way where we both Mm -hmm. just kind of like sit down or if it's over the phone, when he's driving, he's got an hour drive to and from work. So we, we find a time, we find time that he can kind of get out his stressors or, Mm -hmm. you know, even good things that happen. I can kind of talk about some stuff, get out my thoughts so that the time for when we do see each other and we, you know, we're physically with each other, all those thoughts and like the the day buildup is gone, is, you know, leveling out, which yeah. then lets us, it gives us that time to be able to connect more, you know, sit down with each other, sit down with the kids. And then it just grows and it builds off of that. I mean, I always think that that was always a healthy tool for me is finding that time to communicate, whether it's just a quick, how was your day? Is everything good? You know, and, oh, this happened, you know, get out those frustrations and those angers. And then it just it relieves you a little bit and you can have more time to connect. I love that. Yeah. I think that's really, really important as well. It's like, know that you need to process your day mm-hmm. right before you're like, oh, when you come home and you dump everything on your partner, they may not be able to accept that and hold it for you. And then that can create resentment and resentment does not lead to usually healthy sex. So yeah. And to have that place to spill is, is, is lovely. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for talking about communication today with me, Katie. I really appreciate it and uh, look forward to hearing from more from you. So thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or thoughts, you can find me on Instagram at Behind the Bedroom Door with Sarah or SWSX Therapy as well. You can also find me at SimpleSexEducation.com. There you can sign up for my weekly ish newsletter where I send out information, thoughts, feelings about parenting, relationships, sexual health, and upcoming workshops or retreats. We'd also appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate, and review. Two parting thoughts I hope you always take with you from our episodes. One, lubrication is your friend. Use it. Love it. Tell me all about it. And as Emily Nagowski says, pleasure is the measure. When you're thinking about all your encounters with your partner or anything outside of that, let's look for pleasure in every day. <laughs>